recorded live from the radio studios of WFAY and WMRV. Andrelona's Media presents Cumberland County's Smartest Hour of Talk Radio. Welcome back to another edition of The Carolina Cabinet. Hey, 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 and welcome back to the Carolina Cabinet. My name is Nat Robertson, and I will be your host as we discuss the news and the newsmakers. We're going to play a little bit of music and talk to and talk about a lot of the movers and the shakers around Fayetteville and Cumberland County. Our mission is to bring to the airwaves a common sense voice on the right side of the issues. Today in the Cabinet, welcome back, Miss Kia McMillan. Hi, everyone. Hope you're having a great day. <laughs> Mr. Pastor Joshua Goodman. Here, here, because the bishop's not here. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Jimmy Hindley. Good morning. We are fortunate to have a special guest with us, Miss Tisha Waddell, and uh, we're going to talk to her in just a few minutes. Listen, check us out, uh, message us, like us, follow us, share us on your favorite social media outlet. We are at the Carolina Cabinet. And if you miss an episode of the Carolina Cabinet, find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast broadcaster. We appreciate you tuning in and uh, appreciate you listening and hanging out for the next 60 minutes. Don't go far. We'll be right back. Since 2012, Joshua Goodman has been the senior pastor at the Cliffdale Christian Center, a dynamic church and ministry located in West Fayetteville. Join our friend Pastor Goodman for a podcast or a live sermon in person at 6427 Cliffdale Road. Now for today's good news. Here is Joshua Goodman. Well, good morning from the All-American City. This is Pastor Josh, and have I got some good news for you today. In a time when so many want to unpack, they want to talk about and discuss the problems, circumstances, and situations, all of the negative, I'm here to give you some good news. Well, friends, spring has officially sprung. And at the Goodman House, that means we've already broken out both grills, the gas and the Weber. We've cleared out the winter garden and are preparing to put in the spring veggies. And, of course, we've planned our first big beach trip. Cannot wait. You know, being that spring has sprung, i got to tell you a story about a mentor friend of mine. I did a podcast with him last week. His name is Pastor Andy. And he is just now planning a trip for Ride for Life. Ride for Life raises money to help people that can't afford adoption. Adoption being the best viable alternative to abortion. Now, Pastor Randy, last year, he rode from here to Colorado to raise money, and this time he plans on riding from Carolina all the way to California just for the purpose of raising money to help people adopt rather than abort, to choose life. One thing I didn't tell you, friends, is that my pastor friend, Randy, his wife, Linda, they are over 70 years old and are making this trek. Listen, friends, this is Pastor Josh, and if that's not good news, I don't know what is. You know, this is the first time we've all been together in uh, six, seven, eight months or so, and uh, 
<laughs> yeah, it's been a hot minute. <laughs> it has been a long while uh, since we've been in. We've uh, come walked into a new studio. Uh, everything is uh, kind of different and moved around and, and changed and furniture and don't know how to act. Yeah, right. <laughs> the, the use of space, everything is just so much better. So um, anyway, kind of getting accustomed to, to everything that's new. And uh, then we have a special guest also, which is so interesting. We're going to need two hours to talk instead of one. <laughs> Uh, we can get it done in 15 minutes. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Miss Tisha Wydell, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. I it. And you know everybody in the room, Jimmy Henley, Pastor Goodman, Kia McMillan. Yes. Yeah. So good to see you Nat again. Robertson. Nat Robertson. Yeah. That Nat guy. Over here. Um, I've just, you know, every time something goes on. I'm in your head thinking, what in the world is Tisha thinking about? <laughs> this madness. While everybody else is going, I wish she'd be quiet. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a lot going on. It's you, a lot going on. I was, look, Nat, I was driving here and I was thinking, wow, that's just all I was thinking. Like, wow. <laughs> I was actually having a conversation with one of my girlfriends and I told her, I said, we've gotten so far away from righteous principles right. we live in such a wicked world that wickedness is the standard now and right. so when somebody stands up and they say let's just do the right thing um they become the ones that are persecuted when it mm -hmm. used to be we'd go after the people who did the wrong thing and now you know they get a pass right, so, right. yeah it's just it's nuts it's nuts but you know what we're not used to is someone in political office being the one to call it out right yeah and, and what i the little bit of homework i did on you I think we saw, uh, for me, that you were not a politician. I didn't feel Thank like. Thank you. <laughs> so, I would that's say a that all the time, that is a and people would be like, yes, you are. You're in politics. No, I'm I'm, I'm a fish out of water when right. it comes to being a politician. So so when the, the time comes for you to blow the whistle or speak mm -hmm. up or point something out, do you think that's what made it easier? Absolutely. Not that it was easy, I'm sure. But. No, absolutely. I, I was complete when I got the job. Um, I was a whole person when I went into the job, and so the job didn't make me a, a different person. It gave me a different platform, but I was Tisha before I got there. And and I have um, a very small circle of really good friends who, if I ever would allow myself, because there, of course, would be times where the cameras are flashing and everybody's singing your praises and you almost buy into the hype. And they would um, pull my coattails and remind me that this is not real. Mm -hmm. You know, this is not real. And as soon as you don't bear this title anymore, all of these people will not know you anymore. Mm -hmm. And so just really knowing and truth. it's the truth, right? <laughs> it's the truth. And so having people around me that kept me grounded in that way and also being complete outside of a title gave me room to just be honest and not being afraid of. See, I was the unknown when I ran for office. Nobody knew who I was. Mm -hmm. um, nobody backed me. Nobody came and got me and said, hey, come run. So I didn't owe anybody anything. And so um, when I came in, I was able to really just be a free agent. And that gave me the room. It, it didn't matter when people would threaten and say, well, we won't, we, you know, we, they, let me see how I can say this. They could never say, we got you there. We'll get you out. Right. right. They right. could never say that to me. And so, you know, I, there's a person in this community who spent probably the better part of all four of my years in office trying to figure out how do we get to her? How do we get to her? But, um, they couldn't because I didn't care enough for them to be able to do that. I cared more about the people than I did about the position. Right. And you weren't a politician. I was not. 
So I you, mean, you, I, you they, they couldn't afford me. <laughs> <laughs> My character cost too much. So you actually were doing what the people voted for you. To I thought I was. Do. I thought I was. But I, I learned over the course of the four years that I was there that um, that wasn't the case. And I'm learning even more now since I've been gone that people are enamored with the politician and they really don't pay attention to the politics. Mm. And so, you know, if you're charismatic and you smile well and you shake hands and you say the right things in front of them, that's really all that matters. Because when Mm -hmm. you go in that room, nobody's watching, you know, and the eight people that are watching, it's not enough engagement for it to really be of substance. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I I don't think that I don't I'm going to be honest with you. And this is why it was easy for me to walk away. I don't think that the community really cares what's happening politically. I think we, when we get frustrated, we say stuff, but there's no follow through with that frustration. Wow. Yeah. No, I agree with that. After spending that time on council, I absolutely agree with that. Right. I mean, I had somebody who's running in my district. Well, my district (laughs) 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 who's running in the district that I represented. And, um, he came by the other day and he said, I was knocking doors in my neighborhood and some of the people had no idea who you were. Mm-hmm. And he said, and it made me realize, and I was so appreciative because, you know, this is the first thing people say. They didn't know who you were, so you must not have done anything. Mm-hmm. He said, I realized how unengaged people are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I told him that's absolutely the, absolutely the truth because I knocked doors in that neighborhood two or three times mm-hmm. over the course of my four years. So you would think that just by virtue of that, they'd know at least who I am. But people don't. Ask somebody in your community, who is your city council representative? Oh, yeah. Many people couldn't tell you. They have no idea. No One out out of ten will vote. Right. But they're going in, and even that one out of ten that's going in the vote, they're going in to vote for the mayor. Right. Right. That's it. If if they go in. And everybody else is just a consequence, you know? So let me me jump in then. That that being the case, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Tell us some of your story, because if that, if the people Which are... Which part that, of my story? Well, just, just <laughs> your, your, uh, a brief synopsis okay. of uh, your platform mm-hmm. and where, uh, what took place while you were sitting on the council. Okay, so both terms, um, I ran on commitment, collaboration, and carrying out. Because what I recognized is that we did a really great job doing strategic planning, but there was no strategic execution. Mm-hmm. And that concerned me because we spend hundreds of thousands of dollars per plan. And then if you're going to take that plan and pick it apart and do what you want to do and then throw the rest away, mm-hmm. you've invalidated right. that plan, right? Absolutely. And so my thing was we need to be committed to the citizens we serve. We need to collaborate with other agencies so we can yep. cut out the duplication. Yep. And then we need to carry out the plans that we've already initiated. Yep. So that was really my thing. And I told everybody, I'm not making any promises about what I can do because I knew in the job you need at least six votes to get anything done. Yep. And I couldn't guarantee that. So I'm not going to make a promise I can't keep. I was hyper-focused on infrastructure. That was my lane. Yeah, yeah. And um, I know often I hear um, our current mayor say she didn't do anything. She wasn't successful in doing anything. And I challenge that by saying because I was hyper-focused on infrastructure, while the majority of the council around me, with the exception of about three other people, continued to say that that wasn't the focus, we went from a 40-year street repaving Mm -hmm. schedule to about 20 years and it's projected to go down to about 16 that's a big deal that's a a big deal especially i've lived in fayville whatever 40 years and it's something where have you ever seen construction not going on absolutely (laughs) always absolutely and then also we're seeing that the number of sidewalks that are being installed are 
on the increase, we already had a plan. So it wasn't that we needed a plan. We needed to put the money toward mm. executing the plan. And so we're seeing that happen. So I, I feel like I was very successful. Also, meetings were very hush-hush. So they weren't really publicized. I went in and I said, look, we need the community to pay right. attention. Yeah. Right. COVID made it like where all eyes were on us. Mm-hmm. It was embarrassing how how deficient we were mm-hmm. when everybody was there watching was no transparency at all None. but with everybody watching on zoom yeah yeah and i mean they had that ability it's like yeah and we so we realized but that, it was. not only that but we realized if you make it easier people participate mm-hmm. yes. so i said hey let's let's do this on a large scale i got Again, about three people who said we're with you and then six who said we're not going to do that. And I suspect that's because they like people not paying attention. Right. But if you go on YouTube when they have meetings, it's now on YouTube live. Those meetings are live in addition to being on the city's Web page. So there are small things that, um, you know, added up to really big things. And then I say this, every success that the city experienced while I was in office, I have a part in That's right. Right. because yeah. I was a I vote. Yeah. I was a vote. So when you look at any of the rack cards that are circulating right now and you see what those people say they did, mm-hmm. remember they didn't do it alone because we all right. had to vote. That's right. So when it came to jobs and it came to infrastructure and it came to economics and it came to public safety, I voted for those things. Yeah. So right. I, I was able to really see some progress while I was in office. Well, and it, It's almost frightening to me and then I'll be quiet a little bit and let everybody, but <laughs> I mean, just, just some of the stuff we're facing currently, I was uh, talking with Jimmy earlier about the, uh, this this sh- shootout that t- took place mm-hmm, at the hotel mm-hmm. um, between the gang ma- or the uh, the motorcycle gangs mm-hmm. and uh, the the level of violent crime up and and all of these things the uh, crime overall being up you know it, uh, I was talking to uh, one of my congregants today and it's like we're almost reverting back to what we used to be mm-hmm. you know in the days when downtown you couldn't walk down there without you know being and just it's like the old Vietnam oh, sure. stories it's yeah. like things are just beginning to regress and you know as a Fayetteville that that it's kind scary of, it's scary and it's frustrating and i'll too. tell you i voted against things that would bring that element back into our downtown area so when we talked about bringing different breweries downtown i was not in favor of that because we did so much work to clean up that area when we talked about people being able to have open containers downtown i was against that because i i don't think you've got to get drunk or get lit to have a good time i'm a christian before i'm anything else mm-hmm. and so most of the votes that i took in regards to that were very very conservative um but i will say this i think when it comes to crime it has more to do with the character that we are raising our families up with mm-hmm. than, than our, our political construct. Because mm-hmm. people are not committing crime because police officers are not doing their job. People are committing crime because they don't care whether or not police officers yeah. are doing their yeah. job. Yeah. Right. You know, and, and it's we, we just have a culture of people who are so disassociated from right versus wrong. And until we deal with the root causes, there's nothing that politics yeah. can do about that. Absolutely we need people agree. to get it together. Yeah. Absolutely. So this open container downtown discussion, did that come out about the time that the mayor's bar opened? <laughs> actually, yes. No, I mean, you're, 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 you say that in jest, but I will say this. It actually did. And, and I, I, I think that um, to his credit, and I, I want to say this because often people think that I've got a problem with Mitch. I don't have a problem with Mitch. I want Mitch and Mitch and every other business owner. I want them to be wildly successful in their business. However, when you are in public capacity, you should be hypersensitive about making sure that you are not appearing to have any conflict right. in mm-hmm. your in your position. Right. And and to t- use the narrative and and excuse me when I say this, but this is the narrative that goes around. Well, the white boys got to do it, so why shouldn't I? 
Well, because right is right and wrong is wrong. And if I would have been in office with the white boys that did it, we'd be having the same conversation. So, you know, I I don't begrudge him being successful. And I think that if it were something that the vast majority of people wanted to see down there, then, hey, my vote is just my vote and it will be what it will be. But um, it was... It was around that time. <laughs> just, just so coincidental. Yeah. Right, Tisha, right. talk to me a little bit about uh, what you experienced as far as the strategic planning and the real vision set forth. Because from, Ooh, great question. from the cheap seats, yeah. I tried to lead with a vision. So everybody knew where we were going, mm-hmm. was very transparent with it. I don't see that being relayed to the, the population, to us now. Well, because there's no cohesion in the vision. And, and, and let me say it this way. You know what a council member request is. But for the, part, the benefit of people who don't know, a council member request is where throughout the course of your, your term, you can fill out a form to bring an initiative to the table to have a discussion about it to see if you can get some policy. Right. A council member request, in theory, if you're going through strategic planning, should align in some way with the strategy that the collective has agreed upon when they went into these two or three days of planning. That was never the case. I won't say never, it was rarely the case. And we would see a lot of stuff, and I used to always say it's like a like shiny object syndrome with birds. <laughs> yeah. You know, birds will go and they will go after every little shiny object, and, and it's a distraction. And that is what I saw during my time in service. A lot of distracted leadership, a lot of very reactionary leadership. Um, and I'll use as an example when the issue happened down at the, at the market house and we had people camping out. Instead of addressing what their concern was, there was um, just this reactionary, oh, like a freak out. What should we do? And you saw myself and a couple of other council members go and articulate, because sometimes all you got to do is explain what's going right, on. Right. We went and articulated to the people who were camping out. Here's what's going on. Here's what we can and cannot do. And within two days, they were gone. Mm-hmm. And But nobody ever gave credit to the three or four of us who mm-hmm. did that. You know, it was like we almost got a slap on the hand, but that's leadership. You don't get distracted by everything that pops up. The market house, when we wrote the wording around, and I was was so disappointed in that when we went and wrote Mm. wording around the market house. I supported the initiative, but it was extremely disappointing because where does this get you? Right. Six months from now, and it's still down there, and what is its what purpose what is purpose it serving? Is serving. Yep. What purpose is it serving? Because it's not making a difference in the policy. We're policy makers. Right. So we ought to be making policy that makes the, the city better. Absolutely. Well, you know, it's one of those things where I read somewhere sometime that where there is no vision, the people the people perish. The people I've perish. read that too. I've read it once yeah, or twice. Yeah. And it's very interesting because I think that what we've seen and what we are seeing is the beginnings of that taking place if we don't have that that vision the leaders right. to, 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 to keep us on task focus this is where we're going this is how we're going to get there then you end up running after you know absolutely all, all, all the shiny objects absolutely and when you make your and I want to say this to everybody listening when you make your local elected or any elected a rock star you set yourself up for mm-hmm. failure mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you're the rock star we ought to be really coming after you every when you stop us and every time you see us and you want to take a picture with us or you know you're, you're just so excited that you've run into your local politician 
you're boosting the ego, but you're not helping them see you as valuable. Mm -hmm. Because what you're saying to them is, I think you're everything, and I ought to fawn all over you. Mm -hmm. And you shouldn't. You ought to be coming to us. When you see us in public, you ought to be coming to us with a list of things that, that concern you. Questions, and it, right. Absolutely. Yep. And you ought to be expecting a follow-up from us when you bring that to us. And if we don't give you that follow-up, then you ought to remember that when it's time for you to vote. And you ought to be voting. You ought to, you know... Rehire. Right. Rehire. <laughs> it's a job. It is. Rehire. Definitely. So <clears throat> the other thing that I believe that our councils were successful in doing, and again, I didn't see it from the outside. I've not talked to anybody. I mean, mm -hmm. I was real close to a number of the council members and, you know, all just. Right. You know, it's easier for me to talk to somebody that was there. Right. Right. Than somebody that is there. But I tried to. Uh, give ownership to everyone. Mm -hmm. Everyone had a. Oh no! Everyone. Had, <laughs> <laughs> everyone uh -huh. had committees. Right. You were the chairman of your special committee. Right. You know, whatever that was, and oh, don't uh, get her we, started on committees. We came. Uh, well, okay. <laughs> we came back collectively because Tishy, you would had ownership of right. something. Right. Right. That doesn't work though if you don't trust your colleagues. Yeah, that committee structure does not work if you don't trust it's your all colleagues. Built on trust. Absolutely, and very shortly into our second term, I sent out an email blast, and it was called mistrust or dysfunction. Hmm. And I, I outlined because I was doing some studying, and I outlined what dysfunction looked like. And one of the biggest factors of a dysfunctional team was a lack of trust. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you're having too many meetings because everybody needs to hear everything because nobody believes anything anybody else mm -hmm. says. Yeah. Yeah. We were book like textbook dysfunctional hmm. and I got like berated when I said this but I was like hold on I'm calling it out so, so that we can it. fix it yeah. Yeah. but see people don't like for their nonsense to be called out I walked away from a committee because we did all the work and that I think you might have been on account were you on council when Evelyn Shaw was appointed to PwC yes so you know you go into committee you do all this work and then you come out of committee and it was the same person you have the mayor wanted to control who gets this this position and it was Mitch both times yeah. and so you, you circumvent all the work that's been done that book is three inches sometimes six right. inches thick and we're in there doing the, the heavy lift trying to nominate the right the person right for the people. right job right and if you ha and this is the thing and this is what what I think if he would have understood if you give us the opportunity to excel where we excel we make you look good yeah. right first of all you keep us busy so we're not all in your face right. and then we make you look good because if we win you're the friggin' mayor yep. you get all the shine in the shine in the studio with us is miss tisha wydell tisha thank you so much Always for joining us we're going to take a short break uh mr jimmy henley pastor joshua goodman and miss kia mcmillan and uh hope you're catching us on wfay and WMRV on Sunday mornings because we are here for you. Uh, we'll be right back. Your name is so Carolina Cabinet presents Money Matters with Eric Nobles, a weekly update of what you need to know to make your money grow. Mr. Nobles is a Fayetteville native and partner in Nobles Pound Financial Planning, a regional planning and wealth management firm in Fayetteville, North Carolina, since 1991. Now, here's Eric Nobles. 
Take this job and shove it. Did you know that 47 million people quit their jobs in 2021? That's an all-time record. A recent survey of small business owners found that 50% have job openings right now. I hope these two groups can get together. With the beauty of spring also comes the pleasure of paying taxes. There were 147 million tax returns done in 2020, and the top 5% of the wage earners, those making $342,000 a year, that top 5% paid 60% of the federal income tax. Wow, that's a lot of tax. Do you ever hear financial jargon and wonder what it means? The financial jargon word of the day is recession. What is a recession? A recession is two consecutive quarters of a shrinking economy. So a quarter is three months. So six months of a shrinking economy, commonly measured by the GDP, gross domestic product, that is a recession. I am Eric Nobles, and that's why your money matters. really know the chorus well enough to start singing. <laughs> well, you're if, if the pastor starts singing, he won't stop. No. He'll pass around it, the offering plate. <laughs> right. You le- got to give temper. Your lips are moving. It sounds good. <laughs> start your week off right. Thanks for joining Eastern North Carolina's smartest morning talk show. The Carolina Cabinet continues with your smart host, former Mayor Nat Robertson. Smart. Comments, Smart. comments from the cheap section. <laughs> Who wrote the script? For that? I'll never tell. <laughs> if it's not that obvious, I'm not saying.
Uh, in the studio with us, we have Miss Keisha, uh, Kia Keisha. McMillan. We're going to combine names. Keisha and, Keisha and Kia. And Kia. <laughs> Kia McMillan, uh, How you guys a, a veteran and uh, founder of the Carolina Cabinet. So <laughs> appreciate you being here. No problem. Love All it. Right. I'm glad to be back. Yeah, and we're glad we're, to have you back. Yeah, we are. <laughs> yeah, we are. Pastor Joshua Goodman. Yes, sir. Hello, it's hello. It's been a long time. It has been, but it's great to be in the cabinet. It is great to be in or on. Never mind. Not doing that again. Never mind. Never mind. Be nice. <laughs> Mr. Jimmy Henley Jr. Good morning, everybody. Jimmy, Good morning, Jimmy. sir. And uh, happy 50th birthday to your wife. Oh, thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, that was celebrated whoop, whoop. Uh, across the Carolinas. It, it certainly was celebrated quite a bit. <laughs> I think it might have been my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> and Miss Tisha Waddell, welcome yes. into the cab. Thank you again. Into. Into. Welcome on into to? the cabinet. Onto the cabinet. Into? 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 To the cabinet. To the cabinet. <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you. So we were talking about orientations and that type of thing in the break and, and how council members learned their jobs. Right. Uh, learned what you could and couldn't do. I saw, a count, you know, again, from the cheap seats, I saw a, count, a couple of council members stumble on items that were probably pretty worthy of being heard, but not necessarily presented in a way that right. would be accepted right um, there was never a consistent push to follow policy um and i my position in that was always that if you if nobody knows how it's supposed to be done it gives the people who want to leverage that room to do it however they right. want to do it Very true. and so i you know there was never during my term of service a, a push for policy and that's documented that's not just what i'm saying we asked several times there were four of us who asked several times for policy reviews and for us to come to the table and really get better about the how it's supposed to be done and we were shot down so we just knew that wasn't the the goal of the collective well let's talk a little bit about excuse me mm -hmm. the editorials that you uh and and the monologues on facebook yeah. and some of the other things uh that you were pointing out uh maybe some some inconsistencies to the policy and ethics that the board or the mayor should show right um that just seemed to be absent right um and and this all kind of came on everybody's shoulders September 9th is that right was it no, was it September I don't know September I don't remember 9th, somewhere around 2021 there. yeah somewhere when you surprised there. all of us with uh, a multi-page resignation right I didn't even know it was five pages till everybody kept saying a five-page resignation letter and then in, in a font that apparently was quite comical so yeah, yeah. Well. <laughs> It we, is what it is. I just wrote the letter. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if that's the only negative thing you can say about it was it was too long. And, and the, the wrong font. font was, then you know they what? Missed, that's fine. They, they missed, missed the whole thing. Point. The right. whole point. There so, is a certain font you're supposed to use. Apparently, I should have used Times New Roman. And I will that's the next horrible. time if I have to do this. But <laughs> hey, it is what it is. So tell us about the letter, what led up to it. Okay. And talk to us about some of those inconsistencies that you saw. Right. So probably about eight months prior, I knew that I was going to be stepping down from the council. I didn't know when, but I knew I would be. Um, and I started to see the conversations play out about the, as, as the time drew closer and it was time for me to really make a decision, I started seeing us drag out and drag out how long um, this term would actually last. And that was because of frustrations that you felt about? No, it, it wasn't because of frustrations, because I can typically handle frustrations well. It was because I felt like there were a lot of things that were being done that were not according to policy. And I believe firmly that that is 
not the proper way to govern. And there was nothing that I could do about it because anytime, and and again, I'm very consistent. So if you go back and you review the meetings, you will see that I consistently brought forward a concern about consistency and policy and application. And I was always shot down. Hmm. And um, I was constantly also being disrespected and degraded in my position by my peers. And I was not... um, I can handle that too, but I was not going to just allow all of that to continue in light of what I believed to be some egregious actions that were happening by some of my counterparts. Mm -hmm. And so quite frankly, Nat, I said, okay, I have been saying this to the community for quite some time now. And I would see always that the narrative that would come back from a couple of people that have really big mouths was that um, I just was positioning myself to run for mayor. And I said, well, I can show y'all better than I can tell y'all. And so not only am I not running for mayor right now, but you can have this job too. And I knew that, see, God is much more strategic than I am. Mm -hmm. Because I would have just let everybody have it and then probably just stayed in the seat. But God said, no, this is how you do it. Give your seat up. Don't disrespect the office. Give your seat up and do it in a time where these things and I'll I'll share what these things are these things are kind of at the forefront because see I also knew I was hearing chatter that there was a push to um, have Kieran Keyes elected to my position now I don't know if you all are familiar with this young man but there's a lot of controversy that comes with him and I, I knew that based upon who was supporting him I said well there has to be a timeliness to how I handle this and so I looked at a calendar and I I found out when I looked at policy first because policy girl right Mm -hmm. i look to see if i step down what is the time frame within which they will have to appoint someone versus where they'll just let it ride until they can elect so i timed my resignation to coincide with them having to appoint somebody because i knew without a doubt that if they appointed Kieran Keyes, it would make them look like baffling idiots. Mm. <laughs> I knew that. And I make no apology for saying what I'm saying. I knew that. And so I said, they, it, I'm going to have to twist their, their arm. Right. And I'm going to have to make them either appoint somebody that they want to have because they can control him mm-hmm. or settle for somebody in, in, in their absence, right. in, in the absence of being able to do that. And I knew that if I could get somebody in, I would give them the benefit of incumbency, mm. which meant that if they decided to run again, that gives them a little bit of a boost over over somebody who's just coming in. Mm-hmm. Didn't know who they would appoint, didn't have a clue, didn't care at that point. So that is how I made the decision in terms of the timing. I do want to point out that I did serve my full term. Mm -hmm. I want to point that out. These people are riding out borrowed time. Right. This is somebody else's term. That's correct. Now, this happened. It's not their fault. Um, It's not their responsibility, but I served my complete term. I did two terms. I want to get real technical with everybody and make sure that they understand that the reason that the the term has been extended and the council did it to themselves, uh, but they did it based off the census Mm -hmm. and the way the district lines may change. Now, that typically happens about every 10 years, and it's not uncommon for the council to extend their own terms. I don't know if they've ever been extended a full year before, but certainly they, they've been extended months. Right. And I, I think one of the things that I understood was that actually we never had to make the decision, Mayor Robertson, because the General Assembly made it for us. 
So we never, because we were having that conversation, we were like, well, do we need to vote on it? Like, what do we need to do? Right. Because I was prepared to say, no, we need, this is it, we're done. But the vote never came to us because the General Assembly, we dragged it out long enough for the General Assembly to make a decision. 348 years ago, we voted on it. <laughs> um, when I served on city council. Okay, yeah, educate um, me, teach me. Yeah, we, we took the vote to not only extend it, but to set the next uh, primary. Okay. Uh, primary in general, of course. Okay. Um, so that, we did that. You now, did that. Y'all did that. Yeah. Did that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, you know, maybe things have changed that I, right. I don't know about. Maybe the General Assembly, of course. Yeah, we if, didn't get a vote. Yeah. We didn't get a vote. It, the General Assembly made the decision that because it was a census year and because the council ran in districts that our our election cycle would fall when it fell okay yeah all right so let's talk about the specifics of the letter because sure. you made some some interesting allegations right so so i i paid attention i heard what our constituents were saying and i observed and i i documented and the things that i put in my resignation letter were the things that i felt were the most important things that needed to be brought to the forefront um primarily the issue with pwc pwc is a a very huge asset in this community and i watched how there were backroom conversations being had to leverage our utility that did not include the council members and i am appalled at the fact that to this day there's no acknowledgement of that even though it has been documented and demonstrated by the research that was performed by the the city view today right mm -hmm. so i mean it's it was laid out and initially you know we had attorney jonathan charleston saying hey i i didn't have anything to do with this that was the the what he was saying initially but then we have the the research that comes into play and then it's well so what who cares yeah i had i had meetings with them before the meeting but who cares well i cared yeah i right. cared because y you can't do a job without the information right. mm -hmm. and I should not be expected to make a decision when I don't have the full measure of information right. and I just believe it was something nefarious to all of that and you know I, I, I believe that 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 remains to be seen I will not concede or consent to um, I'm not gonna fill out the paperwork for the Ethics Commission to do an investigation because the Ethics Commission is appointed by the council they don't have the same level of investigatory authority that the State Bureau of Investigations right. would and I'm just not I don't think that that would do any good I don't think that Mitch is a complete idiot I don't think that he would just turn over a document that implicates that he did something wrong and so I think that in order for that to happen, you have to have, and, and this narrative, and now I'm going to tell you, it's again, very appalling and very frustrating that the narrative that he runs with is, well, no corruption was found. How can an, a newspaper find corruption when you won't even talk to them? Right. He's yep. not provided any information to this paper. So they're going solely off of what they're able to piece together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So come on, public, don't be misled by this. Don't be misled by this false narrative. There should be an, an independent investigation. They should have asked District Attorney West months ago, District West, District Attorney West, would you please in, in, engage the State Bureau of Investigations to investigate these allegations? But it's not the first time that he has done that. Because when we built the baseball stadium, uh, the committee took a vote. Uh, the vote passed mm -hmm. for the the group that uh, got the construction. Um, Mitch fought it. 
mm-hmm. went back, tried to bring it back, back up again to uh, award it to his friends down mm-hmm. in Pembroke. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we there were a couple of us that had a serious talk with him and said, you're crossing a line here. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's not the first time that, that right. he's... Right. And I mean, if you want to make your money, make your money, but don't leverage your office to do it. Mm -hmm. Right. And don't put all of us in a bad position where we're complicit to to your behavior or your actions. Well, on that note, I might bring up that he's the only named person in an LLC that has secret members in it. And I think that if an investigation were done into that, I think it would reveal a lot also. Because I remember when there was a member of the community who alleged that Jonathan Charleston was his partner in that business. And he had a hissy fit about that. And they both denied it. And I think there was the threat of a lawsuit if if that continued to be the narrative that was spread. But we don't know. We don't know. And I, I just, you, you can't operate like that. If you want to operate in a, shroud, a cloud of secrecy, you don't you don't operate in public office because mm-hmm. all your business is subject to be aired Absolutely. in public office. And you should yeah. expect it to Absolutely. be. And you should not be offended if somebody, co- this is the thing, like as, as an example, I, I indicated that I alleged that he had his cell phone wiped. Mm-hmm. If somebody would have made that allegation against me the very next day, I would have appeared in front of whatever agency I needed to appear in front of with my cell phone Mm -hmm. to prove that that was not true. Mm. Don't don't expect that that I have to prove that I know what I'm talking about. And that's been the narrative is that, no, she needs to prove it. No, I've made the allegation. I believe that it should be investigated. The investigation will prove whether or not it is true. Mm-hmm. And I have stood behind the fact that I said, if it, if anything pans out to be not true, I will apologize. But I am firm and confident in my belief that I am not wrong. Well, I think if you're going to pursue an office like the mayor's office, you cannot be like me, Joe Blow Citizen. If I want to have an LLC and be the only named person and have some secret members, who cares? Right. Right. But if I'm going to be in a position of influence, if you will, um, I think you it's have to. It's all on the table. You, it has yep. to be. Yep. Because what are the citizens thinking when they see that? Um, why would he be the only named one? Why would the mayor be the only named member in a business that's trying to do business downtown right. in the city? I mean, it just makes it have an appearance. Right. And if it's not then prove everybody wrong. And we saw there was, I made another allegation that he, you know, had staff handle his permitting in a way that's inconsistent with the policy well that's not news to anybody it shouldn't be because there was an article in the paper where bruce arnold brought that to all of our attention that was in Mm -hmm. violation of the uh historic resource commission right right? but this is the question that i have so why is it that when this happened and I, i felt horribly for bruce arnold because here you have a man of power in the city threatening to sue you if you say these things Mm -hmm. but this is the reality it's really what happened and so if it if it happened take your slap on the wrist correct your behavior and move forward but don't say well it's it's typical for these things to happen just because it's happened before doesn't make it right it doesn't make it right joining us in the studios miss tisha waddell mr jimmy henley Pastor Joshua Goodman and Miss Kia McMillan, the lovely Miss Kia McMillan. <laughs> Y'all are so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, Tisha, thank you uh, again so My much pleasure. for being here. We are enjoying this uh, deeply. So we talked about the cell phone. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about the first uh, possible conflict of interest. Mm-hmm. You had... I'm going to be honest three, with you, Nat. I don't even remember anymore because I've been so frustrated by the response mm-hmm. to what I put out that I've I've basically thrown my hands up and said, y'all do what y'all want to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know how you, you tell somebody the bridge is out up there and they keep and saying, they keep well, going. I'm going to keep going. And you try to stop them. Right. You, you chase them down. The bridge is out up there. I'm going to keep going. You finally get to the point where you're like, well, run off the edge. Well, like, There's mm-hmm. nothing I can do. As a private citizen, that's the way I've felt right. also for the past five years. Right. And that's just kind of so I'll be very forthcoming with you and tell you I can't even off the top of my head remember what all of the things I wrote were. But I, I to this day, I stand beside each one of them. And I emphatically continue to say when I'm asked, there needs to be an investigation. All right. So let's that. talk about the positive. Let's do it. Let's talk about what you learned. Yes, I what learned a, what that. an experience. <laughs> what what was the experience that you had? Serving? It was phenomenal. It really was. It was phenomenal. And even with all of the hardship, it is the best job I've ever had. Yeah. Serving the people and being able to see when somebody calls you and says, my backyard is sinking because water is running in it every time it rains. And you are able to work with staff to get, you know, an engineer out to correct that right. problem and save that home. That is very rewarding. Yeah. When you are able to see young people begin to understand what the political landscape actually means extremely rewarding and to be in a position where you get to decide how every dollar in your city is spent right tremendous and five things a day you're learning new absolutely and it's just everything is so fascinating absolutely um i i hate that filing period is already closed because i would encourage everyone to file run for office to get that just the yeah the just opportunity yeah. <laughs> it, well, it feels like everyone r- did sign up to yeah. run though <laughs> running is not the fun part i tell <laughs> you but that's the, that's where the learning experience begins absolutely that's where you really learn what politics is is when you're standing out on fountainhead lane and people are trying to fight you while you yeah. hand out your <laughs> right. <laughs> that's right. where you but i'll tell you this and i've said this to you privately i'd love to say it publicly i really was hoping that you would have run I really was, because I think that of all of the candidates that I've seen sign up, um, I believe that you would have had the best opportunity to 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 gain that seat. And I've told everybody who's asked me, you've probably heard me heard that I've said this before. I don't believe that Mitch beat you when he won. I believe that the mailer beat you. You beat yourself. Yeah. And I think that if that would not have happened, I believe that you would have won that election. Right. Mm -hmm. So the mailer that you're referring to is I went negative at the end because we felt. Did you do it or did somebody else send it out on your behalf? Because we did it. Oh, thank you, Nat. We did. You're so thank you. Well, we did it because we felt that we were down in the polls. I appreciate your honesty. We had nothing Mm -hmm. to lose. Yeah. Um, And. You know, I, <laughs> I told Mitch, I said, Mitch, if you run, we're not going to be friends at the end of this thing. Yeah. And um, he decided to do it, now, which is odd, too, because you served four years. Mm-hmm. And I had said that I only wanted to serve four years right. if somebody else would, would come up and, and want to run. Right. Nobody said anything. Right. I heard that. I heard that it was kind of like a sneak move when yeah. he jumped in there. Yeah, Absolutely. even on Kirk, because Kirk thought that, you know, it was just going to be you and he. But And it, yeah. if Mitch would have come to me, you know. I think he, I don't remember timeline-wise, a week or two after I announced, right. I wouldn't have announced. Right. It's uh, just Mitch and I worked yeah. very well together. Yeah. Uh, he was he was a, a good good mayor pro tem. You guys got a lot done, too. Like, when we, when we're we still came doing in, that yes. stuff. Yes. Yeah, we when <laughs> we came in, that's what I said. I said, y'all, we are killing it off of 
we looked good because right. of what you guys set in motion. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I'm just looking and I'm thinking, boy, these people that come in in the next two years, they don't have much to hang their hats on. Not at all. <laughs> we didn't really put anything in motion for y'all. We had, we had a great team. Everybody had ownership and in, in moving, you know, in, in the vision. Right. And moving the city forward. Um, so I, I was very blessed being able to work with everybody. And uh, uh, for the most part, especially the second term, I had the respect, I believe, mm-hmm. of all the council members. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first That's a big deal, too. First yeah. time I had to earn it. Yeah. First, first term I had to earn it. Absolutely. Se- yeah, second term, I think uh, we, we all worked very well together. Absolutely. So, um, Matter of fact, so we have a question from uh, Facebook Live, if you want to answer I don't it. mind. Yeah. Okay. And <laughs> it, when you said Kirk, uh, it kind of popped it up. Ted Moan asked, uh, what do you think about... That's former city councilman, for, Ted yes. Moan. And former, former mayor pro tem. Yeah. Yes. Yes, he was. Yes, he, he was. sure was. Yeah. Yeah. Ted does a lot. Uh, and if you haven't followed him on Facebook, you should. <laughs> you, you'll be very informed about what's going yeah, on in town. Everything. Yeah, he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's definitely the information guy. But uh, he asked, what do you think about Kirk Devere, Devier, mm, I don't know Devier. how y'all want mm-hmm. thank you, uh, and Val Applewhite's Senate District 19 primary race this May? I think that the governor showed that he is a temper tantrum thrower because to me, his um, this move is a temper tantrum move. I believe that, you know, everybody in this community should look and say, do you want somebody who can be um, used at the whim of an, a person who would put party politics before oh, the good right. of the community. Absolutely. When we look at this community, we did not have a budget, I think, for at least four years. There was no budget approved for the state of North Carolina. Right. This is the first year that we got a budget approved, and that is because of people like Kirk Devier who took it on the chin and said, I'm not going to play the party game. I'm going to do what's best for my community. Right. We lost an excellent House representative because he did not play party politics, and that's Elmer Floyd. Mm-hmm. And when you have people, and I believe that that the same person was behind unseating him. When you have people who put the party <laughs> over the people, you get nowhere. Nowhere. And the city gets nowhere. You the get nowhere. Gets nowhere. We have, and this is, this is a, a time where we have all this influx of money coming in because of the COVID relief funding. Can you imagine if they would have sat up there and tried to play party politics instead of saying, let's do what's best for the community? Right. So I applaud um, I applaud Kirk for not saying anything negative and for not being derogatory right now, I, even though and I'll say this and I know I, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say it like <laughs> this. Um, I believe that Val Applewhite is extremely intelligent. I think mm-hmm. she's an intelligent woman, mm-hmm. and I believe that an intelligent woman with the with the type of leverage that she has, if this was something that she truly wanted to do from the onset without outside influences, I believe that she would have sat down and had a conversation with Kirk because mm-hmm. I've seen that they had a relationship. If you recall, yeah. in 2017, she was a Kirk supporter yeah. when he ran for. She called me, so I had started to run for district two unfortunately i had to um bow out of the race because i had to move out of the district the district Mm -hmm. but uh so me and kirk weren't huge fans of each other in the beginning anyway but uh val reached out to me and asked me if you know did nat put you up to it blah blah blah. i was like no i I really want to be a part of this. this and you know help my district and she was his you know his right not say his right hand but she was just a supporter and to see her very much so she hosted events for him in the whole nine yards all the time right so so it seemed weird when i saw those two names next to each other and i'll and i'll say this for a woman who um laid me over the fire for 
um, seemingly for what she termed being used by the white boys. Yeah. I think this is a very interesting turn of events. Yeah. yeah. I think this is an interesting, mm. and I'll just say mm. that and let that be that. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Right. <laughs> So I think I hope this again, I hope the community will see it for what it's worth. I think that, you know, the person who is supposed to win is going to win is God who gives promotion. So who's going to win is going to win. But we 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 stand to lose a lot depending yeah. on how the outcome of this goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't uh, whoever you are in Cumberland County to see that there was someone other than that that was able to work with a party, not their not own, own and and you know, come up with the budget and make it make sense and make sure his community came out on top. Mm-hmm. How could you think How that can was you be mad name? at that? Yeah. I, and, if, and look, this is what I said. And this is just the truth of it. Y'all know I shoot straight. But Kirk has shown up for the black community in a way time. that many black elected officials have don't. not. Oh, yeah. And when I say show up, I don't mean just come and come to the function. I mean, come find out what the need is, right. give to the need, right. find out what the problems are, try to find a solution to the problem and really execute. So it's, yeah. it's going to be a hard push to to yeah. make him look bad. To As someone who wasn't a huge fan of Kirk in the beginning to see what he has done in the years that he's been in office, I appreciate him for the job that he's doing, like you said, within the black community, because not a lot of them show up, even the black ones. (laughs) Preach it, Kia. (laughs) I swear I'm going to make people mad on the show. (laughs) Miss Kia McMillan, Pastor Josh Goodman, Mr. Jimmy Henley Jr., appreciate y'all being here, joining us on the cabinet. hate it when I cut myself (laughs) off. (laughs) I just meant to cut y'all off. And Miss Tisha Wydell, thank you so much for thank joining you. us. Thank uh, you. Really do appreciate you thank being you. here. And uh, listen, thanks again for joining us on the Carolina Cabinet. Uh, special thanks to Miss Tisha Wydell, our guest. Please do us a favor. Take time today to visit one of our commercial sponsors and let them know that you heard their message on the Carolina Cabinet. If you missed an episode, find the replays on Spotify, Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, or your favorite podcast broadcaster. Feel free to send us a message, like, follow, share us on your favorite social media outlet. We are at the Carolina Cabinet, or you can email us the Carolina Cabinet at hotmail.com. Until next time, we are the Carolina Cabinet.